You are listening to the Sermon Podcast for Triumph Lutheran Brethren Church. Our vision is to see the life and message of Jesus transform hearts, homes, and cities. Wherever you are, our prayer is that God would meet you and that the life and message of Jesus would transform your life. To find more resources, go to triumphlbc.org. Good morning. Uh, If we haven't met, I'm Pastor Tony, Campus Life Pastor over at our West Campus, and it's a joy to be here this morning, and I'm glad to be able to bring the next in our Summer in the Psalms series. Today we're going to be taking a look at Psalm 92, and uh, so if you've got your Bibles with you and you would like to turn there with me, I'd invite you to do that. It's a psalm that fits into perhaps the kinds of psalms we're most used to seeing. It's entitled, A Psalm for the Sabbath. It's it's written as a song to be used on the day set aside for worship. I'm calling it a, a Sunday psalm. Psalm 92. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night, to the music of the ten-stringed lyre and the melody of the harp. For you make me glad by your deeds. Lord, I sing for joy at what your hands have done. How great are your works. Lord, how profound are your thoughts. Senseless people do not know, fools do not understand that though the wicked spring up like grass and all evildoers flourish, they will be destroyed forever. But you, Lord, are forever exalted. For surely your enemies, Lord, surely your enemies will perish and evildoers will be scattered. You've exalted my horn like that of a wild ox, fine oils have been poured on me and my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the rout of my wicked foes. The righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a cedar of Lebanon planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green proclaiming The Lord is upright. He is my rock. And there is no wickedness in him. It is a Sunday psalm. This psalm, intended for a day of worship, starts out by laying out a couple of principles. It starts by talking about the value of worship and the focus of worship. It starts out simply by saying it's good to worship. It It is indeed good to worship. And it it deals with worshiping the Lord and making music. And it, it uses this phrase, talking about making music with the, the ten-stringed lyre 
and the harp. Any lyre players in here? It's an old instrument and it's not. It, it, it probably would feel strange to any of us, but it wouldn't have been strange to, to the people at the time this psalm was written. I, I, I'm told by commentaries that the lyre and the harp were kind of the, they were the common instruments of the day. Remember, David played the harp, which probably wasn't like our harp. It probably was a significantly smaller instrument. But, but these were the common instruments of the day. And at the, risk of, at the risk of making this more modern than it was intended to be, it might be like saying, worship the Lord with guitar and keyboard. The common instruments of the day. It is good to worship the Lord even in the common. It is good. And we worship the Lord, the psalmist says, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. We it's good to praise the Lord and we praise him because he loves us and he is faithful. It is his love for us and what he has done for us that well up, when we understand it, it wells up to us, in us, in praise. That's why we do it. And then, as a part of proclaiming what the Lord has done, the psalmist, much like when we took a look at Psalm chapter one a couple of weeks ago, the psalmist uses this twofold imagery. Right? He lays these two pictures before us the image of the evildoer or the wicked and the image of the righteous. He starts with the wicked. What does the psalmist say about the wicked? He says they're like grass. Springing up and flourishing. Some of you, like me, you've got lawns. And, and I'm not the greatest lawn keeper. I don't water my lawn as I probably should. Partly because the more I water it, the more I have to mow it. If I'm gonna be really honest, it's the same reason I don't fertilize my lawn. Because I love having a lush green lawn but I don't really like to mow it. And, and any time a lawn gets enough water, it flourishes, right? Because of the spring we've had, my lawn, even though I don't water it, it looks really good right now. I, won't, I don't know how to describe what it looked like at the end of last summer or middle of last summer. 
It, it almost wasn't a lawn at all. See, grass springs up and it flourishes and it does so quickly. What was interesting last summer is I thought my lawn was dead. And we got a couple of days of rain late in the year and it's like, wow, where did this green grass come from? It wasn't dead. It sprung up and it flourished. Psalmist says the the wicked, the evildoers, are like that. I, I don't want to encourage judgment in your mind this morning and in your heart, but I wonder, do you know some evildoers that flourish? You ever look at them and, and, and watch them and go, man, they've got a nicer house than me. They've got a nicer vehicle than I have. They've got, a, they've got a boat and a lake cabin or a nicer boat and a nicer lake cabin. Man, I, I kind of wish I was, I, I kind of wish I could flourish like that. But it's easy to forget that in the long term, in the forever picture, they don't do so good. They're like my grass last summer that sprung up and flourished and then is not so much all of a sudden. That's the picture of the evildoer and, and the psalmist says that the foolish forget that. And the, the senseless, some translators have rendered that word senseless, they've rendered it as stupid. The stupid don't know that the wicked flourish, but then get destroyed. The, the foolish forget that. And they don't last. On the other hand, the other picture is a picture of the righteous. And the psalmist also employs a very appropriate Middle Eastern image. He says the righteous are like palm trees and the cedars of Lebanon. If you've been in a desert during the driest times, it's likely that if you looked around, the only green that you found were at the top of the palm trees when nothing else was thriving, they thrive. The righteous, like the palm trees, that even bear fruit when the grass is withered and gone. Or, or the cedars of Lebanon. I don't know if we have a, a, a good enough appreciation 
for what the cedars of Lebanon would have meant to to the ancient people who first would have sung this psalm. But you see, I live in a world, you live in a world where kind of pretty much any old wood can be treated and coated with stuff to survive the elements for a while. In the ancient world, they didn't have much of anything that could do that. In the ancient world, if you wanted to make something out of wood, you made it out of cedar if it was gonna be exposed to the elements at all because the cedar would survive the elements. It would resist the pests, it would resist molds, it would resist rot, and it would survive. Cedar was the wood of the rich. Cedar was what they used in the temple. They didn't build buildings out of wood unless it was cedar. And the righteous are like the cedar of of Lebanon. Lebanon was known in that day as having the best and the most abundant cedar anywhere. It was their export crop. Ancient historians wrote that God planted cedars in Lebanon. It's just what they were known for. It was the best. That's that's the picture the psalmist gives of the righteous. The palm and the cedar, not the grass that flourishes and then is destroyed. So it begs the question for us then, we have these two images and it begs the question, which one are we? Which one are you? Now, it's a dangerous question, probably a question that's easier asked by a pastor who's here from the other campus. That's, that's probably an easier ask. It's a dangerous question. Nonetheless, you can't look at these two images I'm guessing for most of us, it's almost impossible to look at these two images without that question creeping into the back of our minds. Oh, which one am I? It's a dangerous question because if you're like me, you want to put yourself in the category of the righteous. I don't want to be grass that flourishes and then is destroyed. I want to be the palm tree, the cedar of Lebanon. I want that image to be true of me. Furthermore, I don't want to be categorized among the stupid and the foolish. Right? It's the stupid and the foolish who say, these people over here aren't going to flourish for long. I don't want to be counted among them. And and if I work really hard, I can imagine that maybe there is some reason for me to be counted among the righteous. I'm not as wicked as some people are. Honest, I'm not. 
There have to be people out there more wicked than I, so maybe, maybe I... And furthermore, I, I think I'm better than I used to be. I mean, I'm not as... I, I'm not as wicked as I used to, I hope. What makes the question, which one are you, so dangerous is that we really, really, really want to work hard to figure out how can I be counted among the righteous? And if I'm not careful, it's going to lead me to say, I just have to get it righter. I don't know if that's a word but I just have to get it more right. I have to be more righteous. And if I'm not careful, I end up with a tidy, neat little list of do's and don'ts. And I have to do all the do's and don't all the don'ts. And if I do's and don'ts just right enough, then maybe I'm the palm and the cedar not the grass. Maybe I can get it right enough to be in this camp, not here with the foolish and the stupid. The problem with that and what makes that question so dangerous is that that's not what scripture says. Scripture tells us in Romans chapter three, Paul here as he's writing to the Romans quotes from Psalm 14. He says, it's written, there is no one righteous, not even one. There's no one who understands. There's no one who seeks God. All have turned away. Together, they have become worthless like grass that no longer flourishes. I added that part. There is no one who does good, not even one. You see, I'd really like to find myself over here, but I own a mirror. And I know what's in my heart. And if I'm honest with myself, I probably don't really belong on that side of the equation. Truth is, there's no probably about it. Later on in that same chapter in Romans, Romans chapter 3, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And no, much, no matter how much I want to be counted among the righteous, I fall short. No matter how much I want to distance myself from the wicked, I am among those who do not do good. The prophet Isaiah wrote that all, in chapter 64, Isaiah wrote, 
all of our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. That's the best I got. I'd like to pretend that I bring a lot to the table, but scripture tells me the best I've got is filthy rags. So any attempt for me to put myself with the righteous ends up with me falling in with the wicked just the same. But, but God's word isn't done yet. God's word also tells us that in Christ, in Christ, we have his righteousness. Take a look at this verse. This is from 2 Corinthians 5, Chapter, 20, or chapter 5, verse 21. First Corinthians 5, 21 says, God made him, that's Jesus, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we could become, we could become the righteousness of God. I belong over here with the grass. And yet in Christ, I become the righteousness of God. God's love is so deep that he forgives our sin in Christ and then he gives us Christ's righteousness so that we're not destroyed with the wicked like the grass but we flourish in the courts of our God like the palm trees and the cedars of Lebanon. Verse one and two of our psalm. It is good to praise the Lord and make music to your name, O Most High, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night because of God's love and faithfulness. All of us who have put our trust in Christ will not be destroyed with the wicked, but we will flourish in the courts of our God because of Christ. See, that's the reason it's good to praise God. That's the reason we praise him because of his love and his faithfulness because of who he is and what he has done. We praise him not only because he loves us and is faithful, but because his love and his faithfulness extends to us. His love and faithfulness extends to you. We praise him because his love and faithfulness saves you and me. Can there be any better reason to praise the Lord? Praise the Lord.
Let's pray. Father, we do praise you for your love and your faithfulness, and, it, and it's beyond our understanding that your love and faithfulness extends to us, but your promise is true, and your word is clear. Oh, Lord, give us your grace. Lord, impart to us your righteousness by the work of Jesus. Save us from our own inability to ever be righteous. Lord, give us grace to trust in you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I'm Pastor Doug. I just want to take a minute and to say thank you for downloading or streaming this content today. We at Triumph pray that it will transform your heart and draw you closer to Jesus Christ. I have three quick thoughts that I just want to share with you and it'll, it'll only take a minute. First, we'd love to connect with you. If you'd be willing, visit our website at triumphlbc.org connect and let us know how we can reach out to you. Or you can visit triumphlbc.org slash events to find an activity that you could jump into. Second, we hope that you see this content as supplementary in your walk with Jesus. Our, our digital content isn't really designed to be a replacement for belonging and engaging with a gospel community, whether that's here at Triumph or another church. And third, we invest a lot into producing this content and it's used to bless people like you and others all over our community. If this or really any of our other resources that you find online have been a blessing to you, would you consider giving? It's because of your generosity that we're able to continue creating and serving online. Thanks again, and may the Lord bless you.